expression of their sexuality. Warning! The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey everyone, <laughs> watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. <laughs> fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now, give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. Yes, everyone, that's our brand new opening. Thank you to Damien for acting as our narrator and to JB for producing all that shit. And welcome, everyone, to The Adam Sank Show. We are live, if you're listening live, at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, March 5th, 2022, at dnrstudios.com or the DNR Cast app, which are the only places to hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Email me, me. At Adam and AdamSank.com. Call and speak to us live on the Ass Hotline anytime. The number is 804 Talk Ass. That's 804 825 5277. And the phones are actually working this week, we promise. And it's my fault that they weren't last week and the week before. Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, get your official ass merch at adamsank.com. Please get vaccinated if you haven't already done so. And um, listen, if you're looking for a way to help the children, and the people of Ukraine, go to UNICEF. Uh, I think it's unicef.usa.org. I donated yesterday. Um, UNICEF is a wonderful organization, totally you know, apolitical, nonprofit, and they have a special fund set up just to help the people of Ukraine. So go to UNICEF and donate if you can. Uh, our guest today is Jason Ellis. I'm so fucking excited. This is like a hero of mine. I used to listen to Jason whenever he would appear on the Howard Stern Show, he was always hilarious. He was frequently naked with his big dick out. He's an openly bisexual professional skateboarder, mixed martial artist, and for many years host of his own SiriusXM radio show. He now hosts multiple podcasts. He's a best-selling author. He's really fun today. And he is not – he's really fun today. Just today. <laughs> he's really fun, period. And that is not our only guest today. We have someone else in studio, which uh, we will introduce to you in just a moment. But first, it's time for me to introduce my co-host, everyone's favorite chubby chorizo, Steve Cesaro. Hello, everybody. It's so nice to be here. Steve, why don't you tell the listeners why I had to change your <laughs> nickname from everyone's favorite cum slut to everyone's favorite chubby chorizo? So while I still am and will always remain America's favorite cum slut, my loving husband, um, has asked for me not to be known as America's favorite cum slut because as much as we are open to the wind, we are, um, he wanted to be a little bit more respectful. Ass about open it. to the wind, stick it in. Here, Here I, I am. am. <laughs> well, uh, shout out to so, Lane, uh, <coughs> control freak. <laughs> and um, I'm fine calling you Chubby Chorizo as long as the listeners know that that was your name for yourself, that I am neither fat shaming nor racist no. in calling you that. It is true. You came up with that nickname. I did. Sort of. Um, <laughs> we embrace Chubbies and Chorizos on the Adam Sank Show. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, also with us, as always, in his Adam Sank Show, This Is Fuckery hoodie, is the queen of fuckery, J.B. Bercy. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for hitting the applause for yourself. You absolutely <laughs> deserve it. Um, J.B. is here. Steve is here. And someone else is here with us today. Uh, we have a very special treat. David Sook. Not suck, suck, founder of St. Luna Spirits Charcoal Filtered Moonshine, which took the gold medal at the San Diego International Wine and Spirits Challenge. David is here today as our in-studio bartender. He has whipped us up some fabulous uh, cocktails using St. Luna Moonshine. And um, I've already started drinking mine, and I'm literally drunk after one sip. David, what the hell are we drinking so tell us about these these cocktails you've made. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you are drinking a Hemingway daiquiri, and the rest of you guys are actually drinking a Jungle Bird. It is so good. So now, good. are there different flavors of the moonshine, or is it just one liqueur, and then you you make the cocktails based on what you're mixing it with? No, I did one uh, one base spirit because I wanted to showcase that the alcohol was premium. 
mm. and that you didn't actually have to infuse it to make it taste good. So for us, it's sort of a blank canvas to really create whatever cocktail you like. Now, why moonshine? And what is moonshine? I, I feel like I associate it with those old-timey Prohibition-era <laughs> you know, runners of illegal alcohol. How do you make moonshine? You do. So uh, moonshine is actually the illegal distillation of spirits. And it hasn't had sort of a modern update to what that definition could be. And I sort of looked at the landscape of alcohol. And the reality is I'm obviously not George Clooney. Um, I don't have five million bucks in the bank to differentiate myself on the market. Mm -hmm. And I thought moonshine's a wide open space to premiumize the, the category and show people you can have a moonshine <laughs> and it can be gorgeous. Yeah, it's really delicious and very, very strong. I, I told David before we went on the air that I'm just going to be sipping mine because I am the world's biggest lightweight and I tend to get headaches if I day drink. So, uh, But this is delicious. What's in here besides the uh, the moonshine itself? So your Hemingway daiquiri is fresh grapefruit juice, uh, Luxardo, which is a maraschino liqueur, a little simple syrup, and some fresh lime juice. And the jungle bird that you guys are drinking is pineapple juice, Campari, uh, fresh lime juice, and a little bit of simple syrup. JB and Steve are both drinking that? Yes. What do you guys think? I actually love it. So my question is, this is going to sound inappropriate and wrong. I probably might get fired by Katie. So can I take you home with me and you can be my bartender? <laughs> I think JB's kind of into David Sook. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. not just for his moonshine. I'm all right it with that. Be, it could be for the moonshine. But you know, if everything happens, yeah, sure. The I'm best okay part that. of waking up is hummingbird in, in your, your cup. cup. Steve is slurping his like a milkshake. Like Steve's almost done with his. Now, uh, David, is it true that bald men tend to have very wide penises? Yes. Because in my experience, that has been the case. Well, and you're asking because I'm bald. Yes. <laughs> wide, thick, girthy. Fantastic. Enormous. JB is, is now even more in love. Yes, yes. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. I can see how today is going to go. Between David Soak and Jason Ellis, there's a lot of penis in this studio. Although Imagine J if Jason was in studio. I know. Oh. Jason's going to be uh, hooking up with us virtually. But I have oh. seen his penis, as has everyone, if you just Google. I have not. David, Jason Ellis penis. Um, David, uh, stlunaspirits.com is where people can go to order your fabulous beverage? Yes. Yeah, so stlunaspirits.com, or we are on all the socials. Uh, Instagram is stlunaspirits, all spelled out. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being here. You're going to stick around with us for the whole hour, um, possibly whip us up different cocktails, and uh, just join the conversation. Absolutely. And thank take you your guys. dick out whenever you would like. It's a it's a nudity friendly <laughs> studio. Uh, so, oh my God, I'm already feeling buzzed, and I've literally had two sips. So we have a lot to cover today. Uh, it's going to be a sort of. It's already a weird show. Let's be honest. It's because we're naked. It's because David's naked. You know, you look very good naked. JB's on say. his knees. You've <laughs> Thank seen you so David much. naked. I have. Steve is my connection to David. So, how yes. did you two meet? What's the official story? So, we met at a fundraiser where a mutual friend of ours who was in the chorus of a few shows that I've done. Um, and David and I met at that. We became fast friends and we have been friends ever since. I actually had, I don't know if we have time to tell the New York story that I told you um, last week. Quickly. So what was really fun is I was at a book signing uh, and David was there. I don't know if you remember this, David, along with Robin Bird, um, Sam Shahid, who is the uh, editor of a lot of the old famous Abercrombie and Fitch magazines. I don't know if you remember these with all the. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he was showcasing a book of his photography. From there, it was David, Robin Bird, and me went to a political fundraiser on the rooftop for. Do you remember what his name was? Oh my goodness, I, I can't even he, remember. Yeah, it was a Hispanic guy. Uh, or did, Latino he, guy. did he win? I think he did. Is it Richie he? Torres? I think it was Richie Torres, wasn't it? I think it might have been. Yeah, it was Richie Torres. Openly gay black <clears throat> congressman from yes. New York City. Yeah. So we were on this rooftop, just like all hanging out, you know, and it was the most surreal, random New York night of David's like, come with me. Yeah, that sounds like an episode of Sex in the it City. It was. And if anybody ever meets David, David is one of the friendliest people. And since I've known him, even from day one, he's like, come with me. Let's do this. Let's do that. And he's always down to be the most wonderful, lovey person in the world. Oh, you so. were so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I've said this to you before. And you have such a good memory. You know, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there was that guy and this girl. And... All right. What a love fest. All right. Let's go to recommended viewing. And uh, take it away, Gail, with your bumper. I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching on TV? This shit sucks.
I'm going to go first, and I'm starting with a an, an oldie, a blast from the past. I was uh, in South Florida last week for my birthday with my boyfriend Patrick, and we flew home on JetBlue, which was a fucking nightmare. And fuck you, JetBlue, and I'm not even going to get started. But um, on the they do have great entertainment options on JetBlue. They have like a huge array of movies and TV shows, and I watched Fame. The original Fame from 1980, directed by Alan Parker. And, you know, there are a lot of movies from the 70s and 80s that do not hold up, that do not stand the test of time for a variety of reasons. Fame, except for a few problems, is a fabulous movie. It's as good now as it was then. Great music, great acting. It's a real moment in New York City, 1980, coming out of the really grungy, dirty, dangerous 1970s. Uh, it has one of the most diverse casts. You know, we sometimes talk about older movies and TV shows as being either all white or all black. Fame takes place at the High School for Performing Arts, and it looks like the actual High School Performing Arts. There are black students. There are Asian students. There are Latin students. Two of the main characters in the film are black. Um, Coco, played by Irene Cara, who gives a stunning performance, and Leroy, played by Jean Anthony Ray. These are major characters. Now, Problems. Raul Garcia is played by Barry Miller. Not okay. And um, Montgomery, the character Montgomery McNeil is the only queer character in the whole movie, which, you know, it's hard to imagine there's only one gay student in the high school performing arts. And they make his being gay a tragedy. He actually has a line where he says, I'm okay with it, though. Never being happy isn't the same as being unhappy, is it? As if simply because he's gay, he's never going to be happy. Mm. So that's kind of a sad treatment of uh, homosexuality. But it also was the way most people saw homosexuality in 1980. Uh, anyway, if you haven't seen Fame, it's glorious. It's gritty. It's shocking. The music is fabulous. I can't recommend it highly enough. I've talked way too much about it. But it's one of my favorite movies, and it holds up. Steve Cesaro, recommended view. Lovely. So... I'm sure everyone has heard of this wonderful Netflix, Netflix uh, drama called Inventing Anna. Yes, watched it last night. Oh, my God. Let me tell you. Here is what Netflix has to say. A journalist investigates the case of Anna Delvey, the Instagram legendary heiress who stole the hearts and money of New York elites. First of all, Anna, who's played by Julia Garner, is incredible. Uh, there's an interview online that you can watch where she explains how she was able to pinpoint this very bizarre accent that she does. It's L.A., it's Valley Girl, it's German, it's Russian, it's uh, just bizarre. She gives a great performance. It's amazing. And what I like about it is, one, you realize that as young people who have you know, now had a, a million crises happen to us in our lives, that... Um, not only does she come from nothing, but she creates nothing from nothing, and people believe her until it all comes tumbling down around her. I love any kind of story about uh, someone perpetrating a hoax. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated by that. So I, I got into it last night. I watched like five episodes. Yeah. So that is who uh, you should Inventing Anna on Netflix. It is fully downloadable there. Uh, or streamable. Streamable. JB? <laughs> okay. So I don't think I ever told, told you guys. I'm big – Big Tyler Perry fan. Loved. Little he, House on the Prairie? No, Tyler, oh, Tyler Perry. Perry. Tyler Perry. Yes. When he first came out, he really shaped my childhood. And, sure. And who I am as a person. Because I always, my whole goal was to be a Medea. Right. Just, yeah, a, a badass bitch running away from the cops, shooting at people who fucks with me. So anyway, a new thing came out on Netflix called Medea's Homecoming. It is so fucking good. In the first five minutes, I was dying. It's a okay. Netflix exclusive. It wasn't in theaters. No, it wasn't in theaters. It wasn't any. It is was, a Netflix exclusive. Tyler Perry just worked with Netflix to release this. I was like, oh, it's really cute and really funny. So if you have time, go watch Medea's Homecoming and enjoy yourself. JB, what's the deal with Tyler Perry? He's obviously gay, right? Uh, you know, but he's never come out. Okay, so it's it, it's like the thing. This the whole thing with the black community. If you don't talk about, it, we don't talk about. It. Right. So. <laughs> Can we talk about it? <laughs> I mean, he's a drag queen. I mean, a, a piece of me like like I feel like that's one of the reasons I connected with him so well when I was young. But he never came out. Right. So I don't want to put that. Which label probably, on him. I mean, in his defense, it's a way to remain palatable to the old church ladies who yeah. love his movies because he plays. started with church plays, right? Yeah. He started like his plays were so good. I I remember seeing some of his plays live, and they were really impactful. I was like, "Wow, this is way different than watching it on the fucking film." 
Well, I hope he comes out someday and tells everyone what we already know. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, David, any TV show or movie that you saw recently you'd recommend to our viewers? So I have to preface this with I'm always late to the game. So I've only just discovered Grace and Frankie oh. uh, on Netflix. And Jane I am, Fonda, Lily Tomlin. I'm a big fan. I tried it because I love both of those so much, both those women so much. I could not get into it. I found it too absurd. But people love it. So I don't enjoy go by the me. absurd. All right, that is true. There you go. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into some other things. Gail, the beautiful and wonderful Gail, whom we love so much, uh, she tried to call the show last t- uh, time we were live, and it went right to voicemail because of me. So, not to get too inside baseball, but I'm supposed to put all of the live show dates on a special Google calendar, which then tells the phone line when to be available and when to go to voicemail. And I forgot to do it for this entire quarter. So if any of you has has tried to call us on a live show and it's gone to voicemail, uh, it's my fault. Please try again. 804-TALK-ASS. Anyway, Gail called during the live show and left the following voicemail. Hit it, JB. I'd like to freshen up the opening of your show. Are you ready? If it's in my hand, I'll lick it a little bit. (laughs) Gail. Very sexual Gail. I've never seen this side of you, Gail. Uh, We did freshen up the open, and unfortunately we did so before we were able to use that. But um, thank you, Gail. I I want this as a drop down. I know, right? <laughs> if it's in my hand, I'll lick it a little. So isolate that. Put that on the board. Um, we also got an email from listener Tim Tom. Uh, a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, who the hell knows, we did a story about a Foot Locker employee who was right. caught jerking off into shoes. Oh, yeah, the weird fetish for In the God. stock room. And <laughs> I'm just going to read this email to you, and then I want your reaction to it. Hi, Adam. It's not every day that I get turned on listening to a podcast, but I actually did the other day when you discussed a footlocker manager who came inside sneakers he was fixing to sell. Uh, wait a minute. There we go. Uh, after looking him up, I wished he had shot a load in my sneaks. The irony of it all was that I had just dropped a load on a pair of Air Jordans that I bought for over $500. There's certainly a community out there into sneaks and boots, coming on them, wearing them, while having sex, and even worship. In fact, on MTV's True Life, they showcased a guy that would get on the floor, worship, and lick hot guys' sneaker soles. I'm more in the camp of coming on them and having sex in them. In closing, I would like to say thank you, JB and Damien, for not kink-shaming. Have a wonderful week. Tim, a.k.a. Tim Tom. Reactions? First of all, I'm hungry for a Tim Tam now, which are the most delicious <laughs> chocolate biscuit. <clears throat> I love it. I've never had a Tim Tam. Oh, a Tim Tam They're is delicious. so good. Yeah, I think that might be what we have to do the next show um, with more moonshine. You know, <laughs> I think it's great that we are able to widen our knowledge of what kinks are out there. And I'm happy that we made Tim Tam Tim Tom uh, really happy that we were able to expose a little bit of what he enjoys in the privacy of his tennis shoe. Oh. Sir, I I'm, I'm not, I don't come from people's fetish. Your fetish is your own fetish. But with that being said, I wouldn't mind getting railed out with some fit, with some five hundred dollars Jordans on me. That sounds like a great time. You want to get fucked while wearing five hundred dollars Jordans, but mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to not get cum on them? I oh. think if I spent five hundred dollars on a piece of clothing, I would try very hard to keep substances off of it. Yeah, but it's not my $500. I see. (laughs) So here's the thing. I mean, I appreciate uh, the email and, and, you know, thanks for listening, Tim Tom. And I don't like to kink shame anyone. You can do anything you want to do as long as you're a consenting adult with another consenting adult and it's not causing any damage or or harm or loss of life. But does the shoe consent? Uh, The shoe does not consent. But more importantly, I thought we did kink shame quite a bit. I thought we were – the whole point was we were laughing at – how weird this was right we were laughing how weird we're it was but we didn't say this kink. is wrong we didn't say that there's anything there's nothing yeah, wrong with it no yeah. listen we're just poking fun at it. i can't think of a more harmless fetish yeah than yeah. jerking off into shoes or wearing shoes while you jerk off or worshiping shoes oh. as long as they're clean i mean let's be honest i wouldn't be licking a dirty sole of someone's shoe but if that's your thing go for it i've had worse things in my mouth i think doll fetish would be a second dolph no, a doll fetish would be a second oh. non-violent fetish. Oh, yeah. Anything with an object 
Mm. And a consenting adult, go for it. Mm. Um, Okay, so thank you, Tim Tom. And I'm glad you didn't think I was kink-shaming, even though I kind of was. I was kink-mocking. I wasn't kink-shaming. There's a difference. Um, We also got a very (laughs) – we got two new reviews this week. And before I make fun of them, I just want to say thank you because they're both five-star reviews. I beg for them every week, and I am eternally grateful to both of these people. But both reviews are a little odd, especially this first one. The person's name on Apple Podcasts is Paint Paint and Party. Oh. Paint and Party. Like he's, you know, smoking up some crystal meth and then painting. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe he just likes parties where he paints. Maybe he's painting face. Or he's painting dicks. Painting. Oh. Oh. With his butt, you're saying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, dear. He puts a little, what do you call it, thing stuck up in your butt. (laughs) Paints with his butthole, doesn't know what he's doing. Well, here's what the review says, and I really want you guys to see if I can, um, see if you can interpret this. It says, so many years later, I love hearing your voice, all your updates, kiss lady for me. My alter eagle will now be called Ms. Latum, parentheses, I shipped us. Wait, what? I shipped us, like you ship a package. Oh. So much to listen to. XXX, Ms. Latham. I think he's on meth. Hey, Ms. Latham, let's, let's talk for a minute, girl. Uh, next time where I come and review, please make it coherent enough so we can understand it and appreciate it more. You know what, Ms. Latham? Our phones are live. You can call us at one. What is it? <laughs> 804 Talk Ass. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it. I, I get that, like, he made a. Um, a portmanteau out of Lady and Adam mm-hmm. and made it Latum or Latum. But when he says, after all these years, I love hearing your voice, it, it, I think he or she thinks that it's someone I know. And maybe I do know them, but they have to tell me their name. They can't just call themselves Paint and Party. It's Scott. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, Scott would never take the time to leave me a review. <gasps> So here's the other review. This one's more coherent, but also a little odd. The Both the name of the person and the title of the review is The Ear Candy Fairy. Okay. Now, this is a wonderful review. Please just do yourself a solid favor and subscribe now. The Adam, Shank, the Adam Sank Show is a wonderful mix of everything the modern queer person thrives upon. It's a filthy, hilarious, informative podcast about important LGBTQ topics, news, pop culture, with a unique, informative guest on every show, all wrapped up in the outrageous, glorious humor that is Adam Sank and his cast. Aww. In just one short hour, this amazing crew packs in so much. That is true. So please, gentle reader, just treat yourself to some uproarious, innovative ear candy. Spend some time with Adam Sank and his outlandish crew. You're welcome. I love that. I was going to say, where's the applause? So thank you to both Paint and Party and Ear Candy Fairy. (laughs) All right. We're about to get to news, I promise. Um, I need to tell a quick story about my flight home from Fort Lauderdale because I mentioned it on Facebook and it got a giant reaction and someone said, you have to talk about this on the show. So we were delayed for hours and that happens. I understand airlines, their circumstances beyond their control. But generally when you're delayed, the flight crew in the airport makes announcements and tells you you're delayed and and gives you some explanation as to why and and an indication of how much more time is going to go by before we board. This flight crew did nothing. This flight crew stood there for three hours ignoring us. And people, including myself, kept coming up to them and going, hi, can you just let us know what's going on? And they just kept doing that thing where you raise your finger and mm-hmm. nod your head like, yes, just a moment. But then they never did. They never made a single fucking announcement. <laughs> so um, they finally said, okay, it's time to board. And you know that thing where they only want one section to board, but everybody lines up immediately. So Patrick and I stood up, even though our section wasn't ready yet. And I thought we were just going to stand, you know, near the front, but not not actually be on the line and just stand there until it was our time and then get in line. But Patrick had an opposite idea. He thought he's going to go and stand at the very, very end of the line. So I thought he was next to me, but he wasn't. (laughs) And there was a man, same height as Patrick, obviously wearing a mask, similar sideburns and beard. And I put my hand on the back of his neck and started giving him a neck massage. (laughs) That lasted for like a full 30 seconds. 
It was the best 30 seconds of his life. <laughs> this man did not stop me, did not say a word to me. I just kept massaging him until I slowly turned my head toward him. And he slowly turned his head toward me. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, th- I, thought, I thought you were someone else. He's like, that's cool, dude. Did you get his number? No. He was, <laughs> David, he was on the flight with his wife and children. And you know what? I was uh, everyone a little bit. Bye. <laughs> why would you not say like, dude, what are you doing? You know what? He felt really good. You just touched him in that special way. You were ear candy to his shoulders. <laughs> People on Facebook had a million questions about him. They were like, describe him. Why would he not? Why didn't he punch you? So uh, it's very violent. I know, but seriously, I mean, you touch someone, a total stranger, like most people, hey, hey, what are you doing at least? Anyway, he was on the plane with us, obviously. He was like one row ahead of us. And at one point, he sort of explained it. He said, I just figured you must know me, and I just wasn't recognizing you, and I was waiting for you to tell me who you were. (laughs) So um, if you're listening, straight guy, I hope you enjoyed your neck massage, and I'm sorry to touch you without consent. Aw. All right. Um... This past week, President Biden delivered his first ever State of the Union address. He uh, is not a great speaker. He never has been. He, he struggles with uh, a stutter, and he's also on the elderly side. But I thought it was a terrific speech overall, one of his best ever. It was wonderful to see him speak without a mask. It makes a huge difference in terms of his uh, confidence and his ability to get things across. And at one point, he mentioned this LGBTQ Equality Act, which has been sitting Uh, stuck in Congress for years um, that would give uh, LGBTQ Americans equal rights in in laws and housing and access and everything else. And he specifically mentioned trans people. And I believe it's the first time any president of the United States has ever mentioned trans people specifically in a State of the Union speech. Take a listen. right to choose. They continue to advance maternal health care for all Americans. It's coming up now. And folks, for our LGBTQ plus Americans, let's finally get the Bipartisan Equality Act to my desk. The onslaught of state laws targeting transgender Americans and their families. It's simply wrong. And I've said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. Folks, what a difference from the last administration, right? Yeah, yes, totally. You know, I, it's so funny to hear it because I think he was genuine about it. And I remember when Trump said it, he's like, I'm your friend. We love you, whatever. But what I really just kind of appreciated was that we know he's genuine about it. What I'm kind of not sure about, if he knows that this is what he thinks and this is what he believes, then why doesn't he, you know, make an executive order to say that gay, you know, LGBTQ plus people all have equal rights. Right. So I don't know. What do you think, David? I agree. I, um, I'd like to see more of sort of the action than just the, the constant sort of like puppetry around, like just trying to make LGBTQ people feel like they're paying attention, but then nothing actually ever happens. But you also understand he, he can't do anything without a majority in Congress. And he's got two Democratic senators who, for all intents and purposes, are Republicans. Yeah. Mansion and Cinema, And he's got Mitch McConnell trying to block every fucking thing he does. And it's a 50-50 Senate. It's not a real majority. So there's no question to me that Biden would sign this tomorrow if it came to his desk. Yeah. Um, but I understand what you're saying. There's there's not enough being done yeah. on any front. Um, I just don't blame him for it. I blame the fact that that the Democrats are pussies and that Mansion and Cinema won't go along with with their party. Um, I I do know though that for trans people watching, that was a really important moment. Yeah. Charlotte <clears throat> Clymer, who's been on this show, uh, transgender writer and activist, she said, "I'm this is the first time I've ever been crying watching the State of the Union." Aww. It means a lot when yeah. the President of the United well, States. Well, it's nice to be seen. Absolutely. And and so to have him say, I have your back. Uh, meanwhile, this ongoing horror show in Ukraine is happening, and there's very little good um, to, to report except this. I don't know if you guys remember a few years ago in Chechnya, there was this hideous crackdown on queer people. They were like yes. rounding up gay men and jailing them and killing them. 
um, physically abusing them. Well, a Chechen warlord who uh, was a close advisor to uh, to Chechnya's leader, Ramzan Kadyrov, uh, was killed in sa- Saturday in Ukraine as Russia continued its invasion. Uh, Russia human rights groups have said that um, Mag- Magomed Tushyev was killed during the battle at Antonov Airport. Uh, the facility is an international cargo airport and sits northwest of Kiev. Tushyev led the 141 motorized regiment of the Chechnya National Guard. His death was confirmed by the Ukrainian news outlet, the Kiev Independent. Um, so, fuck him. Yeah. Goodbye, shithead. <laughs> you know, I, I like I, when bad people die. Not, I was going to say, not that I, I want people to die, but I feel like that deserves an applause or something. Like, I'm just happy because the, the stories are just so bad. There we go. Goodbye. I'm so happy you're not killing gay people anymore. Bye, you shithead. deserved it. <laughs> and uh, how are we doing, JB? Anything? Ay, Dios mío. ¿Qué está pasando? Uh, all right, let's do the APTV reporter story. So uh, this went around uh, the internet last week. You guys probably saw it. There's this reporter, Philip Crowther, who works for the Associated oh, Press yes. TV station. And he went viral because he is uh, he's in Europe reporting on Ukraine and he is able to give the news fluently in six different languages. Take a listen. A war with Russian-backed forces in the east, uh, the Donbass region, for eight years now. But despite that, the capital city of Kiev is relatively calm. That's fucking impressive. I have to say, I mean, it's like kind of the sexiest thing I've ever heard. Right? Because he goes, one, the Spanish, he did have a slight accent, but not only did he do it in Spanish, he ha- he did the Spain Spanish, which is, you know, like Castilian. the original Castilian. Right. He was speaking like this when he speaks in Spanish. And then he went to that very delicious French accent, like full on, like you can hear where he places it in his mouth. Sorry, I just covered the mic. Where he places it in his mouth and you can hear where he switches it in his mask. I don't know if any of you guys have studied voice, but I have and you can hear it. And I think it is so brilliant, the artistry that he has to be able to create the sounds and the music of language. Absolutely. I mean, reporting the news live on TV, just like looking into a camera and speaking clearly about what's going on, that's a skill in and of itself. To be able to do it in six languages fluently is pretty fucking amazing. Um, So yeah, he's a star and uh, deservedly so. Listen, I'm impressed with anyone who can speak two languages fluently. Steve Cesaro. Hola. I speak, you know, decent Spanish, but I mean, you're truly fluent in both. I think it's an amazing thing. Um, We're going to move on to this story about an Olympic skier who almost got a – he almost froze his dick off. (laughs) This was the men's uh, 50-kilometer mass start race at the Beijing Games. It was actually shortened to 30 kilometers because of the cold, but that didn't help Finland's Remy Lindholm, who needed a heat pack – at the end of the race to thaw out his cock. Lindholm spent just under an hour and 16 minutes traversing the course in howling, freezing winds, leading to his penis becoming frozen for the second time in a cross-country skiing race following a similar incident in Finland last year. They need to come up with some sort of, you know, penis guard, like a, like a space heater for your dick. Uh, he, he said, you can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished the event. It was one of the worst competitions I've been in. It was just battling through. With organizers worried about frostbite during Saturday's race, it was delayed by an hour and shortened by 20 kilometers. The thin suits and underlayers worn by racers as well as plasters to cover their faces and ears offer little protection. Lindholm explained that he used a heat pack to try to thaw out his appendage once the race was over. 
quote, when the body parts started to warm up after the finish, the pain was unbearable. Yeah, that's what happens when you freeze is you don't feel anything until you start to warm up. And then it's like pain. Oh, that must have been so painful. So you don't think he knew while it was happening? He knew. But he knew at first, but then it becomes numb. And then you start to thaw it, and it's like complete dick pain. Here's the question. If he has done it before, you know, like, I don't know for the listeners out there. Well, he there. wasn't the one that almost froze his dick oh, off in the previous else. event. Yeah, oh, no, that was a different it. skier. I was going to say, because I ride my Vespa into work, and, and, you know, at the height of COVID, and I was going into the office, I had so many layers and heat warmers and things because I didn't, wasn't going to ride the subway and get COVID. Meanwhile, I still got COVID anyway. But, like, wouldn't they put even just those basic hand warmers somewhere in there, it can't produce that much drag where you're not, you know, competing at the speed that you want to compete at. Who knows? But uh, that is that is extremely painful. JB yeah. is uh, struggling to connect with our guest, and it's not the guest's fault. He knows uh, that it's time for the interview. He's been very diligent all morning about checking in with us. But he's having a hard time using clean feed, and I'm about <laughs> done with clean feed. You know, it's such a toss-up. Uh, the phone connection does not sound good, but it's reliable. Yes. Clean feed sounds great, like they're right here in the room with us, but it's it only works 50% of the time. So it's kind of like, what the fuck do we do? And I really didn't want to have less time with Jason Ellis because he's such a good guest. But uh, we will get him on as soon as possible. In the meantime, I will talk about this horrible story out of Texas. You know, Texas and Florida and all these states with Republican governors, they just keep turning ever more to the right um, with these draconian laws aimed at at women, at LGBTQ people. And one of the things that's just happened in Texas is that the attorney general and the governor have basically authorized Texas um, social service agencies to investigate parents of trans children for child abuse. So if you have a child who's trans and you allow them to have uh, gender-confirming hormones, right. which are prescribed by their doctor, you can now be investigated and charged with child abuse. Do we have him, JB? Okay, we are going to start the interview by phone without further ado. Um, as soon as I can find my intro. Here we go. Our guest today is very likely the world's only openly bisexual professional skateboarder, mixed martial artist, auto racer, boxer, singer, comedian, radio host, and... New York Times bestselling author. From 2005 to 2020, he hosted his own radio show on Sirius XM. He now hosts the Jason Ellis Show podcast, among others. Here's a recent episode in which he interviewed adult performer Adam 22. And you fuck. I've watched, I've got your account and all that. Not for, don't get weird. I'm wow. gay for certain people, not you. That's cool. You're a business guy who I'm like, wait, you got kids? Wait, you have a big podcast and you talk to like a lot of rappers and then you have an OnlyFans where your dick's out yeah. and everyone's okay with that. Yeah. How did you do that? Because I, I always felt like uh, my wife has an OnlyFans now, nice. but I always thought if I get caught on there, that's the end of my career. Really? I, when I was on SiriusXM, I wanted to be on there because she has friends and they all film and they're like, you should be in it. And I'm like, I would love to be in this, but I don't want to. That'd be Anyone an easy to f excuse to fire you if, for sure. Yeah, I think something like that. So I never, um, I was always concerned, and just everybody's opinion. But it seems like for you, no one. I don't see anybody in the comments just saying, "How dare you be?" You know, I mean, a, a an entertainer and a adult yeah. entertainer. And joining us all the way from Appleton, Wisconsin, please give a warm ass welcome to Jason Ellis. Yay. <laughs> Jason. How you doing? Great to finally connect with you, sir. How you feeling? Good. Yeah. A little I'm 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 new to being a comedian on the road. This is my first tour and uh they stay up late and that's confusing to me. That, so. <laughs> that is absolutely the case. And and Appleton, not the most ragingest town I've ever discovered. Just it's not cheese. Now you if went you to ask a... people what's it all about, they'll tell you cheese. Yeah, cheese and beer. You went to a strip club in Appleton, right? Yeah. Wow. How grim was yeah, that? I got a dance off a lady that uh, her mother used to dance at the same strip club, and her mother is 35, which means, uh, you know, I oh had to, my God. that was pretty much the rap for me. I was like, wait, so how old are you? She said 20, and I was like, ew. 
Yeah. So That's gross. very sad. Uh, Jason, I'm yeah, a but that, it's a weird place. I'm a huge fan of yours. I have always oh, loved yeah. you on the Howard Stern show. Uh, you are uh-huh. the man who inspired George Takei to say, "Oh my, you've got a beautiful cock." Oh, man. And I always thought that you were the heir apparent to Howard, that when he retired, you would essentially be taking over those channels. So what happened? Why are you not at SiriusXM anymore? Um, I don't think that was ever really going to ever happen. I don't think that the bosses – I think there were a couple people there that thought that this kid has talent, but I just never played the game correctly. And I think once they all discovered that, I wasn't going to pretend to be their friend or like, to me, it was always, I could tell they're always hacking into it. It was all a scam. You know, I love my fans because they made me and I want to help them and do the best I can. And they just want their money and they don't want to help them at all. So I'm this middleman where we just rubbed each other the wrong way. And I'm one of those people that I can't really hide what I'm thinking. So I just tell people and I've had discussions with the higher ups where I could just tell they were like, man, if, if he lose, if we lose anybody, it's going to be him because he's uh, you know, he's not going to be tamed. He's not going to get along with everybody. Just you know, I just didn't like the corporate thing. You seem like such and a straight they shooter, ran, they got, though. They ran out of money, man. Oh well, that I do know. But you don't seem like a difficult person to deal with. You seem like a straight shooter. You seem like a good guy. Were you? Do you think you were difficult or were you just honest? Yeah. Both. Yeah. I mean, like how- I'm honest, and then they're lying, and then that makes me difficult. I mean, difficult as in, I'm not going to do it. If they say, hey, man, interview this guy because it will help some other thing, I'm like, no. Like, you know, I got in trouble once for telling Andrew Dice Clay's kids that their band wasn't very good, and then Dice Clay wanted to fight me, and then the bosses are all mad at me, and I'm like, oh, God, dude. Like, you, I didn't even want him on the show, whatever. But that's good radio. I mean, that's what made Howard Stern famous is that sort of controversy and that sort of honesty. They should yeah. have fucking worshipped you for that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, feel, I don't know. I kind of act like a skateboard kid even being this old. I just still – I don't get along with suits. Yeah. I, just, I just always wanted to – it's weird. People are like, man, you don't understand the freedom that you have. And I was like, I, you're right because I'm a skateboarder and this, I've got bosses. So how is that free? Right. Well, I've now, always had a pretty easy run. Now you're, by my count, you're hosting three different podcasts simultaneously, which seems like an enormous amount of work. Do you feel more freedom now? Do you feel better about doing radio now? Way more, way more, and it's and it's still less work. I do uh, the Jason Ellis podcast, and I do Hawk versus Wolf podcast with Tony Hawk, and then I do Patreon for the Jason Ellis show two shows a week and then I do two solo shows a week called Awesome World on Patreon and it's still not as much work as working for Sirius. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I for instance, you. I'm on I'm in Appleton. I was here on Thursday. That was not a possibility if you worked at Sirius. So you know, I didn't plan on becoming a comedian. I just when I, I skateboard a lot and I, I'm fifty and it's slowing down and I just want to be skilled, I want to learn more things and find like a thing that I'm interested in and then uh, put my head in it and just go insane on it because that's what I like to do. I like to get really into stuff. And I and I found comedy, and when you don't do well at comedy, you don't go to hospital. So it's, it's a really cool <laughs> avenue that I've chosen. Right, you don't crack your head you open. You can't really die. Right. I mean, you can so spiritually. It's not that painful. Yeah. Jason, you've been so open about your bisexuality. You write about it extensively in your 2019 book, Still Awesome. Um, do you ever get tired Nobody of – Nobody likes that book. Uh, what's that? <laughs> Nobody liked that book. Oh, that's a lie. It was a New York Times bestseller. No, nah, the first one was. I'm Awesome is a story where I left out the gay bits. Yeah. And then year, a decade later, when I finally came to terms with it and was okay with admitting it to people – I wrote a third book, and that one was not as, you know, I talked to a lot of, you know, Sirius XM is like a blue-collar thing. I got a lot of truck drivers yes. and stuff, and I really kind of let down a lot of people when I came out. It really it really bummed out a, a huge part of my audience, and that's fine. I I understand. But you also but saved countless lives. wanted to buy a book about me blowing dudes, trust me. I mean, I do. That's all I want to read about, actually. Uh, well, maybe I should just tell the gay community about my book, because... <laughs> 
It's, there's gay stuff in there. I was going to say, I mean, you. on one hand, you must be tired of people asking questions to you about your sexuality because it's only one part of a of a very multi-layered person. But on this show, it's all we want to mind. talk about. Yeah, I don't mind. I feel like, you know, I'm like, it's it's a struggle to to be gay or lesbian or trans and to me, it's kind of an easier road because I'm still straight. I still got straight friends, straight life. And it's just this one little bit that I've noticed that straight guys find me uncomfortable when I talk about that. And um, I just keep talking about it so that people eventually get used to it. Because I feel like when I was a youngster, I, I would not even for a second face that I might be attracted to the same sex. I would never sit and face that by myself. I drank. I did whatever I had to do to never face that. I and and I and I pulled that off until my forties. You know, like I was so how, in flat out denial. So how old were you the first time you did something sexual with a man as an adult? Uh, was the first time. I think the first time was. Um, well, I'd done something with a with a friend when I was young, he blew me. And then, and then another skateboarder blew me in a jacuzzi that I'd been friends with for over 10 years. That's hot. And out of nowhere, he went underwater and started blowing me and I didn't stop him. And then that was the end of that. I'm like, what was that? And <laughs> I thought maybe because we're in America, we don't, you know, which just us two. And I don't know. Maybe he just got really horny. I didn't really, once again, immediately blocked it out. And then maybe by the time I was, 25 i took ecstasy at a club and got bored and left that club by myself and went to a gay bar and then uh a really big lady big drag queen <laughs> with giant hair and she was a large lady and she was staring at me at the bar and she just came over and said why don't you come to the bathroom with me and i did and then i got sucked off by a drag queen that spot yeah now, when you walked into that gay bar, having never – because I remember the first time I walked into a gay bar. I was terrified. When I was 21. It freaked the shit out of me. I was terrified, and I was full-on gay. Did you – I was more terrified of somebody straight recognizing me. I was me terrified too. of – I walked past it several times because I thought maybe somebody would drive by and, and recognize me as I went in. So yep. I couldn't commit to walking in the door until there was no cars driving by. I remember that. <laughs> I totally remember that feeling. And walking out, wow. I would, I'd be so afraid. I mean, Jesus Christ, the fear yep. that we live we in because, because we're doing something that feels natural. To, I mean, we're walking into a fucking bar. It's not a big deal, but we're yeah. so programmed. You know, Jason, in, in our society, it's considered so cool and sexy for women to be bi, right? Every guy wants to date yeah, a bi yeah, chick. Why is there still such a stigma? Because, of course, you're not the only bisexual male athlete or bisexual male celebrity there's a million of them but we don't hear about them why is there still such a stigma about men because it's a group mentality group like men have cut me out of their lives like men that i've been friends with for decades i know that they're uncomfortable i haven't seen them in a decade then i see them and i can see it i'm now i'm now used to it it's kind of like when you're like a little bit famous you can tell you can always tell when someone knows that you're somebody from something they've got a different look in their eye so i can usually read that i can also read when someone's like oh man that's right alice is a fag and i'm like i can see it i can see and i know it they're like not going to punch me or anything because they'll probably lose but they're definitely like man i gotta get out of here and i'm like really do you think there's a part of them that feels uncomfortable because they're a little bi as well and they don't want to face it it must be because I definitely think they understand that I'm not trying to, I'm not just looking to just, I'm not going to attack you and, and suck you off. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm like disappointed a, now. <laughs> uh, well, you got to ask for it first. I'm that kind of person. What do you like to do with guys? But, Are you more of a, of a top, every, a bottom? A... I'm definitely a top because I'm more dominant. Huh. But I, the more I've, the last couple of years, I've really, you know, uh, my wife's let me kind of, go out there and, and try things. And she was the one that helped me uh, use my butt because I just couldn't do it. She worked me with a finger for like a year or two and then a vibrator and then finally uh, a guy. And 
it wasn't really that pleasurable. It was more like I've got to do it because it looks like everyone else is having a fun time. Yeah, bottoming, then, bottoming is a real acquired taste. My co-host Steve could yes, teach you lots know. of tips. I can. But uh, once if it you, worked, uh, if you, once if you I need got help. it, I couldn't stop. Oh, I, really? I, that's one of my favorite things to do, yeah. I'm definitely a switch, and I can tell now from going out with guys, I'm a true switch. Because people on Grinder are like, I'm a switch, and then I meet them, and their dick doesn't get hard, and I'm like, you are not. <laughs> that's hot, though. Now, I, ha- I'm... Having an open relationship is nothing new for those of us in the gay community. Most of us who are in long-term relationships uh, are open in some way. But it is more unusual in the straight community. How much of your um, your marriage is a negotiation? Do you guys have set rules about what she can do, what you can do, that sort of thing? Um, we've got to ask first. And... It's usually me because of my gay side. When I sleep with girls, it's probably it's usually with my wife, and she's their friends as well. It, maybe when we first started, we did stuff like that, but we just found that it became uncomfortable. There's always like if the guy wants to sleep with her, he doesn't sleep with me, or the guy is really gay and he like his, he goes down whenever she touches him, right. or girls that are super into me and they don't know how to eat pussy, and my wife's looking at me like what are we in here? And I'm like, I'm sorry. You know, she said she was into girls. So that, all that stuff has kind of died. And it's more, I've got a couple of, I've got a boyfriend and a couple of guys that I see. So, cause I don't want to get any STDs cause it's different for her. Usually when she hooks up with somebody, she really knows them. And nine times out of 10, they don't have anything And me. I'm a bit of a whore. So, you know, guys want to blow me in the, in the steam room. I'm like, hell yeah. I got bit a couple of times, and that's not cool to her. They so bit I kind you? Of, no, STDs is what I call oh, it. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, from their mouth you got an STD? Yes, twice. Filthy, filthy whores that are blowing you. I mean. So that, that deterred my uh, my dick to just go everywhere. I tell now I, I have to know you. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing about being in the gay community is uh, we are disgusting whores and uh, disease-ridden. <laughs> I get it's funny because I get it, and all my gay friends, it's like, oh, man, you got chlamydia. Don't worry about it. And right. I'm like, it's so understand. not a big deal. I've got chlamydia, and I'm married, and she – I can't give it to her. Like, if she got slept with a lot of guys or girls because she's gay too and got a lot of STDs, I would be like, hey, right? do you think you can kind of – Check your clientele a little bit. Like, <laughs> Can you rein it in? Uh, all right, Jason. Oh, yeah, in, I get it. In the time remaining, we're going to play a little game that we play with all of our guests in which I shoot uh, some, some rapid questions in your face. Uh, it's, called, awesome. it's called Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yes. What is the sexiest part of a woman's body? Ass. Oh, you're an ass man. A little bit. With men, too? Um. Yeah. I, well. Yeah. I like a. I don't like a really hairy ass. Oh, me so neither. I, I like big oh, dicks. I I'm probably more of a dick guy when it comes to guys. You like big dicks and smooth asses. That's exactly me. I mean, not what I have, yeah. but what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a smooth ass. The dick is uh, quite medium sized. By the way, Jason, right. you have two very cute Twinkie co-hosts on the Jason Ellis show. Is that your type? <laughs> no, they're not. Are they Aww. Are they gay, though? Not at all. They seem gay as fuck to me. Yeah. I can't wait to tell them. <laughs> I would like to see you with a three-way, in a three-way with both of them. Um, yeah, no chance. What's the strangest... <laughs> what's the strangest thing you've ever gotten caught in your foreskin? Probably M&M's. <laughs> 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 how did that happen? Uh, I pitched a bit to the Howard Stern show. This is how I got on the Howard Stern show because I knew that they had a guy there that was also Sal. uncircumcised. Yeah, Sal. Yeah, and I challenged him to who could put the most M and M's in their foreskin. So, and you won, right? You know, 50, 50, Yeah, I doubled his fifty. Fifty M and M's. That's how big his dick is, you guys. Wow, that's ridiculous. And then did someone like eat those M and M's? No, no, I flicked them. I I did like the helicopter, and they all went flying around. <laughs> some, you should have sold those M and M's on eBay. You know, some sick fuck would have paid thousands of dollars. 
I didn't know at the time anybody would care about my Eminem's. <laughs> What's the uh, best kind of music to fuck to? Wow. Well, I usually, I have like a mix of like, it's kind of like, what is it, EDM sort of sexy stuff. My wife hooked it up for me. And then I do have a friend that has like a proper glory hole and stuff. He's the one that can teach me to put things in my butt and stuff. Hot. And he, we listen to Mozart while we fuck. Really? Wow. I've never heard yeah. of such a thing. Classical music. Has anyone it's in this really room ever cool. fucked to like classical music? No, but never. it sounds lovely. One time. Yeah. Really, JB? I really One time. And I felt, I felt like <laughs> Beethoven would not approve of the things I was doing. <laughs> exactly. During, during it's like this fucking time. in front of your parents. Yeah. Uh, Jason, would you rather <laughs> give head or get head? Uh, you probably get head. What's your favorite? If it's a nice dick, I really like sucking it. Me too. What's your favorite genre of porn? Um, probably group men. Oh, like a uh, gangbang? Yeah, a bunch of big dick black guys or big white guys and black guys. They got to be big. You like interracial gangbangs? Yeah, there you go. I didn't. I don't think I've ever said that, but yes, I think that's me. Yeah. That's the headline from this interview. Jason Ellis <laughs> oh, likes <great>. interracial gangbangs. <laughs> I noticed you said that I had. To, we're going to interview Jason Ellis, and he has a big dick, and I'm like, is that necessary? For it's the interview? very necessary for my <laughs> listeners. Yes, it's the number one okay. thing. Um, okay, we're going to do F Mary Kill, uh, and this is something we do with every guest. We we ask them an F Mary Kill with their own name. So this is a Jason edition. But for the first time ever, this is a bisexual Jason edition. So your choices are Jason Mraz, Jason Bateman, and Jennifer Jason Lee. I don't even know who they are. I know Jason Bateman. <laughs> Jason would, Mraz is, is a singer. Bateman. What's that? Jason Mraz is a singer, is a pop singer. And Jennifer Jason Lee is a fantastic actress who's been in many movies like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. She's the wholesome chick. Uh, I guess I would, yeah, I would fuck her, and I would kill that pop star, <laughs> and I would marry Jason Bateman. Excellent. That was the right answer. Um, have you ever been in drag, and if so, what's your drag name? Uh, uh, <laughs> my wife has dressed me up a couple times. One time she dressed me up as a, as a like, I, I just look like a really bad hooker. And I, I, I can't walk. She's like, the biggest thing is, she's like, your shoulders and the way you walk, you could never be a lady. Correct. Michael? Okay. But I have been pegged before, dressed. I had heels on and everything. I've, I've, I actually own a pair of uh, high heel boots because nice. I've been to a few parties as Britney Spears. Now, was it a turn on for you to get fucked in drag? Yeah. So you're, you're wild. You're like an anything goes kind of person. Yeah. I don't want to get poo on me. No scat. What about golden showers? Yeah, I'll pee on guys for sure. What about fisting? Yeah, I fist some guys. I've been trying to get it there, but I can't. I'm not big enough. But I'm working on it. And what about, this is for our listener, Tim Tom. What about, have you ever come on sneakers? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's very important to him. It's his fetish. He likes to, to to come in and on and while wearing sneakers. It's a big thing for him. If somebody wanted me to come on their sneakers and they talk to me about it while I was jerking off, I would be into that. Absolutely. And that's why we love you. I like when people talk. Uh, oh, well, I'm quite verbal. Yes. So next time you're in New York, stop by. I'll give you a great head. Uh, TheJasonEllis.com is your website. How can people follow you online and listen to your multiple podcasts? Uh, at Wolfmate on Instagram and Ellismate on Twitter. Fantastic. I love you. Thank you for doing the show and waking up early with us. Go that's back it. to sleep. and get, That's it. We only had uh, 25 minutes for the interview. Oh, man. I wanted to talk so much more about being gay. We'll have you on again and again. <laughs> believe you me. You're already my favorite right. guest. Oh, thanks, guys. All right, sweetie. Be well. Stephen JB and David, David Sook. Everybody plug themselves one last time. Cub Mexi on Instagram and Steve Cesaro Medina on Facebook. St. Luna Spirits on Instagram. 
Stocky Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. Thank you all so much. This was a wild episode. Steve and I are back again next week with special guest professional organizer Jenny Aaron. She's a lesbian. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me your dick pics at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye.